Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Danielle brings in nine-month-old Mia for her well-child check. Danielle admits to stopping breastfeeding as Mia has now a lot of teeth, and it was becoming too painful to continue breastfeeding. Mia is growing well and continues to be in the 90th percentile for height and 75th per weight. She has made the transition to formula without difficulty and is eating everything, including shellfish, eggs, and some milk products like yogurt. Danielle asks, should I give her vitamin D, even though she's not breastfeeding anymore? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and founding chair from the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Chan Medical School, Bay State, in Springfield, Massachusetts. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Frank. It's uh, good to be uh, chatting with you. And uh, vitamin D, I've been puzzled about this, by the way. I, th- I thought the supplementations were for breastfeeding. What, what are the current uh, recommendations regarding uh, vitamin D for, uh, for, 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 for newborns in general? Yeah, so we, vitamin D is necessary for um, appropriate calcium metabolism and ultimately for, for bone health in, in children. Inadequate vitamin D leads to poor bone mineralization and in still a significant part of the world, a risk for rickets. Rickets is uncommon in full-term infants um, compared to premature infants. So, you know, we have to balance the pros and cons. We're here in a Western society where access is, is maybe a little bit better. Um, the big cause of rickets in prematurity isn't just a vitamin D, a lack of vitamin D access, but also a lack of access to appropriate nutrients like calcium and phosphorus. The CDC recognizes that breast milk alone does not provide infants with an adequate amount of vitamin D. So they recommend, and most organizations agree, that shortly after birth, most infants that are being breastfed should receive uh, a source of vitamin D, typically 400 international units. So to avoid this deficiency, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends all breastfed and partially breastfed infants start 400 IUs of vitamin D within the first few days of life. And how long should they stay on it? They recommend that they should continue to receive it until they are weaned or until they're drinking 32 ounces of vitamin D fortified formula or milk um, before they, they stop taking it. Interestingly, uh, a Cochrane systematic review um, looked at vitamin D supplementation, 400 internationals a day, for up to six months and found that it does, in fact, increase serum vitamin D levels and reduces vitamin D deficiency, but there was insufficient data to assess its effect on bone health. So we've got pretty good data that says for those who are partially or fully breastfed, 400 a day is the way to go. So, I mean, so that is interesting. It does show that you, uh, you, you correct the vitamin D levels, so not great outcome data there. So what do we know about the outcome? What are the benefits that we do see with this vitamin D supplementation for, for instance, in children? Um, 
One of the bigger criticisms about most vitamin D literature in both adults and children is that they're observational studies. Um, and so I want to look at a meta-analysis looking at 4,000 children, of which they included 11 randomized controlled trials on the effects of vitamin D supplementation early in child's life on growth and body composition. And they found that at one year, those who received vitamin D supplementation during pregnancy and infancy was associated with significantly increased length, and at three to six years, a decrease uh, in BMI, so a decreased risk for being overweight or obese at age three to six to three to six years. Vitamin D supplementation during pregnancy and infancy was also associated with reduced adiposity in childhood. Wow, that is really uh, interesting to hear. Uh, and is this just for breastfed children, though? And, and we're talking about one year. What, what happens after the age of one? So uh, that was my first question when I read this paper, because I thought, well, no, did they just include breastfed children? It turned out not. They included both breastfed and formula-fed children, that um, the supplementation lowered the risk of these outcomes. Um, so I, I have, that did change my practice. I now recommending, uh, if they're not taking 32 ounces of, of formula day, I have recommended, uh, supplementation with vitamin D in, in formula fed children. What do we do after a year? Well, that's, that's a good question. The National Institutes of Health recommends an intake of 600 international units per day for all children. And actually that's their recommendation through age 70 years. And how do you get 600 IUs per day? Well, you need about um, uh, uh, probably about four to five glasses of milk. So if you're getting that much milk into your into your young child, that's great. But if not, you may need supplementation. And as you get older, that means you you need to either drink four to five glasses of milk or have some food form of vitamin D supplementation. Otherwise, like fatty fish. Of course, sunlight can convert and make vitamin D in your system, but you need a fair amount of sun exposure, probably 20 minutes a day in a place that gets UVB every day. And that would include about, uh, that would include just the Southern third of the United States. Huh. That's uh, good information on the sun exposure because people always ask about that. So um, we're, we're saying 600 international units a day. Is there any evidence for, 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 for giving more? All right. Well, yeah, it's, that's always the question. So if this is good, how about more being better? Um, they did a, a look at uh, children in France and Finland where the recommendation used to be 1,000 international units a day versus four in the rest of the world. That, and that's what the uh, World Health Organization recommends. So they did a trial um, and they uh, randomized children to uh, 400 a day, 800 a day, 1200 a day, or 1600 a day. And they followed them over time. They found that higher doses of vitamin D did not seem to offer any benefit in terms of infant growth or bony mineralization. So the bottom line is 400 is plenty in the first year of life, 600 at least per day. Um, in, through childhood and into adulthood. Um, just want to remind you that we do have systematic review level data of randomized controlled trials that showed vitamin D supplementation has some impact on cancer death, but not any one specific cancer. We know that it may not have a strong influence on 
on uh, fracture prevention, and we probably doubt that it has an all-cause mortality benefit. But there is some data that shows it lowers the risk of dying from cancer. And I think that alone makes me still recommend vitamin D supplementation for adults. Yeah, that's great, Frank. I mean, I have looked at a lot of this data myself, and I, I feel like, you know, taking a thousand internet, 1,000 to 2,000 international units uh, a day is probably uh, not an unreasonable amount, certainly not uh, going to be associated with, uh, with, with, with the risk. Thanks for bringing this forward. Thanks, Bob. Practice pointer, supplementing all children with 400 international units a day of vitamin D in the first year of life increases infant length at one year and lowers the risk for obesity between ages three and six years. Join us next time when we talk about sexual activity in a patient who's recovering from cancer. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.